Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. I am Billy Embody. Thank you for listening. I have recovered from the long weekend festivities of marrying my wife now, Michelle. So thank you guys for bearing with me as I stepped away to do that very, very important thing in my life. It was honestly incredible. Um, And thank you guys for all the advice that you left us on the message board as well as we uh, made it official, the newest embodies. But uh, SMU did have some news that dropped over the wedding weekend, so wanted to catch you guys up on that and also set the stage for what's to come this summer. And we're going to jump right in. SMU did pick up a transfer commitment this week, but we're going to go back to Friday night as SMU landed a pair of commitments in the 2023 class. Teammates from South Oak Cliff here in Dallas, Naredo Stoker, an offensive lineman, and Abdul Muhammad, a defensive back, both in the class of 2023, and now join Randy Reese in a trio of South Oak Cliff teammates committed to SMU and Randy Reese committed to the Mustangs earlier this spring, back in March. Um, one of the top wide receivers in the Dallas area is now joined by his two teammates, Abdul Muhammad and Naredo Stoker. Let's start with Big Mike. That's uh, Naredo Stoker's nickname, believe it or not. And uh, this is somebody that I got my eyes on at the Dallas um, Under Armour camp here this spring. And I was very impressed. I think he's somebody that has a little bit of position versatility. 6'4", 290, 300 pounds or so. He played right tackle in the camp in the one-on-ones that we were able to observe. But I do think at the next level, he could either stick out at right tackle or play that guard position. He picked the Mustangs over an offer from Purdue, TCU, and others. Um, So he is the first offensive line commit in the class for Garen Justice. And this is a really quality land, I think, in my opinion. SMU was first to offer him this spring. You kind of thought at that time with SMU's ties to South Oak Cliff with guys like Keenan Hall and um, Scott Natty uh, doing a lot of Dallas recruiting that maybe they might have wanted to keep him quiet a little bit longer. Um, But with the amount of talent at that school, it was only a matter of time until he was really discovered and put on the recruiting map. And SMU got him on board, had him over for a couple unofficial visits, uh, and now has him committed in the class. I, I think he's somebody that that has a good bit of upside to him, um, you know, just watching him in, at that Under Armour camp. As he gets into a college weight room, he'll be able to, you know, treat his body, I, I think, a little bit better and shape it up. Um, and, and he just really seems like a prospect that could very well be on the rise with the strong senior year. So, that's a really, really good land for SMU to, to kickstart their offensive line class. We'll kind of have more on that. That's a group that I think could go a lot of different ways when it comes to how it could be filled out now. Um, you've got guys like Highland Parks, Lawson Petty. Uh, a, a prospect out of um, Florida is Alex Woods, who's 
who we just had an article on, uh, and he's closing in on setting an official visit to SMU. Um, and, and then on the flip side of things, they've they've kind of been you know strategic, and they've started to offer some guys as of late um, and and get on their recruiting radars. You know, Regan Gill out of the Houston area, uh, Jonathan Ashford out of Oklahoma, who committed to Air, Air Force uh, earlier this month, Sean Scott, all the way out in Valencia, California at West Ranch High. Uh, he's somebody that SMU just offered. And, you know, they're still kind of hanging around for guys like uh, Riley Van Poppel and Andre Kojo, um, who are guys who are here locally, some really talented prospects in their own rights. Um, and, and, and then they also you know, went down and saw Hudson Peroni a lot out of the Houston area. And then Aiden Gilmore uh, at Dallas uh, Parish Episcopal is a, is a big name for, for SMU fans to know as well. So this offensive line group can really go a lot of different ways. I think it's a unit that they really want to continue to address via the transfer portal. Uh, but as far as kickstarting the class with somebody that I think should be, you know, kind of a not a take no matter what. I mean, if you landed a bunch of elite guys and a couple transfers, you know, you might not have room for, but Naredo Stoker is is a really good prospect uh, for SMU to land in that 2023 class to start off the offensive line group. Now I want to move on to his teammate, Abdul Muhammad. Definitely kind of a sawed-off uh, defensive back, around 5'9 or so, but I will say he has performed on some big stages. Defensive MVP of the state championship game this past year really was a difference maker for South Oak Cliff on a defense that's littered with you know, elite talent um, up and down. And so for him to jump on board, he is the um, brother of uh, Malik Muhammad, the really, really talented uh, defensive back at SOC, uh, one of the top prospects overall in the country. Um, SMU did host them for an unofficial visit together. I, I mean, I, I don't think SMU is going to land Malik Muhammad, but they do get his his brother, Abdul, um, and he had offers from TCU, Tulsa, Louisville, Arizona, he was also one of the top performers at the Battle Dallas uh, tournament uh, in in March, the seven on seven tournament, and I actually was able to get a look at him. Uh, he had an interception. He covered some of the top prospects there, but I I do think when you take a prospect like this in today's day and age with with spread offenses in college football, I mean you you better be sure because you know five nine one sixty five or so is certainly something that you know you're you're, you're limited. In a way, you're limited physically, um, but Abdul has made plays, you know, at the highest levels of uh, Texas high school football. He's shown it on, on the seven on seven circuit. But I do think this is a, a prospect that is, you know, probably a developmental guy. You hope pans out. We have him as the 95th overall safety in the country, uh, just inside the top 200 overall prospects in Texas. Uh, so not necessarily somebody that the rankings um, across the board are, are really too high on um, overall. Um, the highest in the industry on him uh, appears to be ESPN. He's the number 79th overall safety in the country. Um, but on three, 24-7 rivals uh, have him in that three-star range and, and right around the 90th safety in the country. So this is one that the offers you know might not necessarily match the rankings. And SMU is certainly hoping he, he'll outperform it. Um, that's that's um, you know going to be an interesting uh, take because SMU does need safeties. That's probably the position overall that they need the most help at. I will say Abdul could flip over and play slot a little bit 
um, if the offensive side of the ball wanted to give him a give him a shot. Uh, but overall, this is somebody that is going to have to be complimented, I, I think, with a really quality land at safety, maybe two um, or maybe one quality land out of the high school ranks and one quality transfer safety, which I think SMU has shown that they're more than willing to go um, look for in the in the transfer portal. So Abdul Muhammad was commitment number two. He kind of came came in late. Um, we gave you guys a heads up and uh, right before we walked into rehearsed, I just posted on on our board for the on the Pony Express subscribers committing tonight. Drop the profile, <laughs> and sure enough, he did. So um, those were your pair of commitments in the class of 2023 coming on Friday night. They committed at their spring game, um, and and you know Randy Reese, of course, uh, a, a big part of that as a uh, you know com- uh, one of the commitments in the class of 2023 for SMU. That gives SMU five commits in the class. Jackson Lavender, the three-star wideout out of Lucas Lovejoy, and then Brandon Mayazono, the linebacker out of Frisco, round out the class, which ranks third in the AAC, uh, according to the On3 consensus football team recruiting rankings. So um, they sit behind Cincinnati and UCF there. Um, SMU is one of uh, four schools in the AAC with multiple commitments, Cincinnati up to seven, UCF up to six, um, and Tulane has two. The rest that are ranked have one at the moment. So SMU starting to build a little momentum. We're starting to see some official visits get set. Um, we've got all that information on who's visiting uh, this summer on theponyexpress.com. Check it out with a seven-day trial uh, June 10th. If you're not on board by the time that weekend rolls around, you're going to wish you were. It's shaping up to be a huge official visit weekend. So be sure to jump on board uh, with a seven-day trial uh, to get the latest info on how the Mustangs are doing on the recruiting trail. Now, one of those visitors that is going to be there the weekend of June 10th, he tweeted it out, somebody that SMU's been on a long, long time, Damian Wimberly, defensive lineman out of the Austin area, goes to Vandegrift High School, has some Power 5 offers to his name, Baylor, Texas Tech, Cal, Colorado, uh, programs like that. He's also got UTSA right up there for him. But the lone official visit that he's tweeted out so far is SMU. I think this is a prospect, sits as a high three-star, 424-7, was really good at the Under Armour Dallas camp that I was at, uh, ranks as the number 63 overall defensive lineman. He's a top 100 prospect in Texas. He's got the size that's verified, which you really like to see. And SMU gets the first official visit that he's locked in. He's going to be there June 10th as a part of that big recruiting weekend. And he seems really high on the Mustangs. You know, uh, I was talking uh, with him the other day, trading some texts, and he was just saying how Calvin Thibodeau really does a good job recruiting him. Uh, every time they talk, he, he talks him up as uh, his big freak. Uh, that's his slogan. Big dog, big freak, freakish athlete is what uh, Calvin Thibodeau tells his top guys. And Damian Wimberly has been that way for a long, long time. One of the guys that's been through for a couple unofficial visits now, making the trip up from Austin uh, to check out SMU. And now he'll be on campus for an official visit. And I think with that visit, you know, we'll, we'll see where else he sets this summer. But you've got to think SMU has a chance to land him after that official visit um, and, and add him to the class of 2023. So that's a really good prospect that SMU is in on. Things are trending well for. And now he's set to be on campus in June. So keep an eye out on those official visits. Those will often tell the tale of maybe where some of these prospects are going to end up. 
if SMU can get them on board, lock them in, hold them down, fend off those usual late um, challengers for some of these commitments, and uh, get them signed during the er, during the early signing period. So now we want to flip over to the transfer portal. SMU continues to be active. They added their 15th transfer edition in the class of 2022. Pretty wild. The latest two-lane defensive back and uh, Red Oak, Texas native, Kavarius Hall, comes over from Tulane where he really broke out as a true freshman uh, for the Green Green Wave, played in nine games and uh, trading some uh, some messages with him, trying to find out more about you know what's his story, what really happened down there in New Orleans. Uh, you know, you find out things, and, and this is kind of one of the things where you know Tulane certainly doesn't get that much media attention. I mean, you've got the Saints, you've got the Pels, you've got LSU down there, and it was hard to find some inf- information about Kavarius Hall because you see this player who plays in nine games as a true freshman. By the way, had a really good sack. Uh, of Shane Bouchel in that 2020 game in New Orleans. And what you find out is he tore his ACL and played through it the last couple games of the season. He goes and has surgery. He comes back for the 2021 season, and he just didn't feel right. And so he and Willie Fritz and his staff sat down and decided to redshirt. So he played in two games as a 20 uh, in 2021, didn't make much of an impact. He goes through spring practice with the green green wave get some film looks good and opts to go ahead and enter the transfer portal and you know he's somebody that I had kind of looked at uh, as a potential transfer for a while and had heard you know just through some some Dallas sources that he might be one to watch as far as entering the portal all the way back in I, I believe January and so when you look at him and and now he's healthy he feels great is what he told me, and he's just ready to be back in the state of Texas, playing closer to home. Uh, he knew that after he took his visit uh, that it was the place he could see himself playing, and the coaching staff played a big part, including cornerbacks coach Ricky Hunley. And, you know, I, having talked with his trainer, uh, Flight, you know, that's he's somebody that sticks out right away with his size. You know, 6'2", um, has that physicality. I mean, if you go watch him come off the edge, in that sack of Shane Bouchelle, that looks like somebody that plays with confidence, plays with aggression, and certainly has a little bit of an edge, uh, which I think SMU needs at that cornerback position. So on paper, it, it doesn't sit there and wow you. And as you kind of peel back some of the, the you know, parts of his game and find out more, you say, okay, this is somebody that is a quality ad because he does have four more years of college football remaining. You know, the 2020 season didn't count. 2021, he redshirted. And then he's immediately eligible, having entered the portal before May 1st. So that is just tremendous if you're SMU. And this is the type of guy that, if you're SMU, you want. He's been in a college program, been around the AAC. I mean, sure, you'd love guys that would be in the SEC um, or, or places like that and, and played a you know big-time program. But... Kiveris Hall, definitely somebody to watch for. I'm going to reserve judgment until you see, you know, we get the chance to see him work out um, and see him move around, uh, you know, since he is coming off that ACL. But if the guy's saying he's good and ready to go, you know, as of now, you got to take his word for it to an extent um, as far as, you know, where he's at after that injury. Now, 
almost a year and a half removed from that um, surgery or injury uh, and surgery. So Kavaris Hall, the latest transfer edition, that puts SMU at 15 transfers from other colleges, 16 if you want to count um, the defensive linemen from the JUCO ranks that SMU added, Mike Sanjo Ninjiki, that makes 16 transfers in the class of 2022. The biggest news that came, honestly, and what really allowed Kavaris Hall to immediately transfer, um, and we'll see this soon, a lot of these guys enroll in June classes and not have to blue shirt overall, is the NCAA striking down that signing class limit rule. And the reason why they're doing it is, look, the transfer portal has caused all these players to enter the portal. And a lot of them can't end up finding homes because either colleges can't or won't um, sign them uh, because they need to keep spots for future players to sign or whatnot. They're having a lot of trouble finding um, you know, spots spots to land because of the signing class limit. And so now this allows colleges to go ahead for the next two years and sign away as long as you stay under the 85. And for SMU, a lot of these transfers that were coming in that weren't already on campus for spring were guys that were going to have to blue shirt and you know, find a way to take classes, pay for them, move in on campus, and not really, you know, be up be on scholarship. Now this allows them to sign, get on campus because they're under the eighty five, and that's big. This will allow these guys to come in and, and get with get with um, you know the strength and conditioning staff, uh, Coach Grizz, and and get in for the summer and start you know bonding with these teammates and. That's important, you know. When you bring in this many new new faces, uh, that'll that'll certainly help. So that'll happen, you know, in in the month of June as as SMU welcomes these new additions and the rest of the 2022 signing class on campus. So now I I do think SMU does have a spot or two left, and, and for the right player, you know, maybe it's a third. And and this is where the flip side of the signing class limit becomes really interesting. Will some of these colleges cut players, you know, SMU included. Uh, will they make those hard decisions if they see somebody enter the portal that they feel like can help them, whether it's a graduate transfer that's immediately eligible or somebody that has four years left but, you know, isn't liking where things are going in the summer or in fall camp and opts to transfer and they've got a lot of time but they can sit out in redshirt this year or apply for a waiver to play. That's the one of the questions uh, we'll kind of be monitoring because, you know, colleges that are sitting under the 85 that didn't have spots to give in the class now might have that ability to sign players and go out and, and address those remaining spots. And, you know, with the day and age of tampering, that can certainly be done. Um, it just might look a little differently now that the May 1st deadline has passed. So I'm interested to see just how much SMU or other colleges will do that as far as maybe having some honest conversations with players, having uh, you know the ability to move on and make decisions uh, for the remaining parts of their roster and address them through the portal. So that's something to watch um, and, and see if SMU does find a way to, to add one, two more players into the mix. I know offensive line is some somewhere that you got to think SMU still wants to address. Um, they've done it and tried in, in multiple you know scenarios with the portal. They do have Georgia offensive line transfer Owen Condon and Virginia offensive line transfer Joseph 
Bissinger coming on board. So those two uh, from the portal will be you know important as far as ads before they add Rhett Larson and Jacob Waller into the room this uh, summer. And um, you know it's a position group that I, I think in the spring was kind of thin with some of the injuries that they had. Uh, but you know you look at it in the fall, it's certainly competitive once again. But you want to see them you know get over that hump of you know being worried about an injury or two, and then you're really down um, you know in in a bad way on that group adding one more offensive lineman who could compete right away for a starting job would be a welcome addition. I know that much. And then I think they still want to take another corner again, kind of addressing a position that, you know, needs to step up. Uh, they've addressed safety. They've done a good job there. Uh, and, and corner is a position that they, they probably need another one. Um, it, you know, and, and that's a position that they'll continue to look at. Um, they were looking at Josh Newton, the ULM, corner who committed to TCU um, as you know while they were getting Caveras Hall on board Um, so that gives me the indication they're looking for two they've got one now with Caveras Hall Um, so be on the lookout for that if if somebody pops up that makes sense for SMU so with that we've covered the commitments on the football side of things what's next for SMU well it's camp season they're going to have their mega camp June 3rd and 4th That'll be a big deal. Plenty of colleges coming to the Hilltop for that. They'll have official visits. Uh, The evaluation period is winding down. Memorial Day weekend is here and upon us. A lot of college coaches aren't going to be on the road really doing anything with that. And then once June hits, it's a period where you've got camps, you've got official visits. College coaches can't go off campus to to recruit. So uh, that'll start to heat up. SMU can and will have official visitors on campus. June 10th, like I mentioned, is shaping up to be a big weekend. A lot of their focus will be on that mega camp June 3rd and 4th, which gets guys on campus for unofficial visits, chance to be evaluated, and also to work with the staff and get an idea of what it would be like to uh, play for any of these new coaches at SMU if they didn't get a chance to catch spring football. So all of that will happen uh, this summer. And then as we get towards the back half of June, things will probably start to quiet back down uh, with as July uh, approaches and, um, you know, you get ready for fall camp and, and uh, another dead period. So that's what's on tap for SMU football. For SMU basketball, as we wrap up this podcast, they did add another transfer to the mix, uh, Mo Inji, committed to SMU, the big man out of Eastern Michigan. The Mustangs got him on board, beating out BYU for his services. Uh, and he tripped to BYU after he checked out SMU. And a lot of people immediately kind of you know, wrote him off. But he started 25 of 28 games for Eastern Michigan as a freshman and averaged six points, six points uh, shot 61% from the field, grabbed 5.3 rebounds per game and 1.1 blocks per game. Uh, this is somebody that I think is going to add a little bit of an edge defensively. I mean, he's not you know, somebody that really dominated as far as offense goes. Um, but 6'10", 245 pounds. Uh, he's a little older. He played a post-grad season before heading off to Eastern Michigan uh, and averaged a double-double there. So somebody that has uh, really four years to play three, but he's not going to redshirt. He's going to be in that rotation right away um, and becomes the latest transfer to come to SMU. Uh, they've added Troy Ford, FAODG, Alabama Ford, Keon Ambrose Hilton, Louisville Wing, Samuel Williamson, Maris Guard, Ricardo Wright, and Iowa State Big Xavier Foster. 
to the mix with uh, the latest run of transfers. SMU does return as of now. Zurich Phelps, Jalen Smith, Zach Nuttall, Darius McBride, Stefan Todorovic, and Frank Aguane. That gives SMU one more scholarship to work with. Um, you know, look, Rob Lanier and his staff, this is they've done a really good job, I think. And this is where we talked about it on the board. It's a departure of what we're used to as far as the program goes under Tim Jankovic. And I'm not saying I, I'm not ready to take a stance one way or the other. If it's going to work out, SMU's got to land a, a legit point guard. And maybe, like I was saying about you know tough decisions on the football front, maybe there are more tough decisions to come if someone enters the portal this summer that's a grad transfer immediately eligible. Maybe another spot could open up. That's just me speculating, though. But SMU has to grab a point guard that can really make this thing go. But as far as the team, they have assembled a group that clearly is a little bit more defensive-minded. They're much bigger than what SMU's recruited in the past. Um, this, is a, this is a group that is, a, at the very least, going to be physically imposing uh, as of now. Seems like the guys are more defensive-minded. And nobody, I, not nobody, FAODG is a big one. Um, Samuel Williamson probably has some juice. Um, Xavier Foster has talent. Guys like that, they have some offensive game. But this isn't a team that's going to be trying to score 80 points a game and forget about rebounding and defense. That's not what they're about. I think this is a team that, it, at the very least, is trending towards, with their style, playing in 60, 65 games, things like that, trying to win with defense and edge. So that is kind of the departure from what SMU fans are used to. Uh, it's a cause for concern on the boards, which makes a lot of sense. Where is the scoring going to come from? Like I said, they need to add a point guard. They need to get more out of Zurich Phelps um, and some of these guys that are returning on the roster as well to help all of that come together. And we'll see. Once we once we find out who SMU can get at the point guard position, we drop some notes on some of the guys thereafter on theponyexpress.com for those who didn't catch it. But this is, this is a group that, at the very least, has come together much more defensive-minded, um, size seems to have an edge. So that's where Rob Lanier's staff is taking this program. We'll see how it pans out. But as of now, good work. They, they need to get a point guard. Everybody knows that. Um, and they're working on a, on a few options, I would think so. Um, and I've heard. So that's not just coming from, you, you know, the obvious or speculation there. With that, guys, we're going to wrap up this edition of the On the Pony Express podcast. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Feel free to leave us a rating and leave us a review wherever you catch your podcast at. Click that share button. Text this podcast over to a friend. Um, we'd love to have more listeners on the pod. Hope everybody has a safe and sound Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy it. Relax. Throw some hot dogs on the grill. Catch the new Top Gun. That's my plan, at least. So I hope you guys are doing something similar as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week with another edition of the On the Pony Express podcast.